what Neil and I always said is we want dissent on our show. That's the one thing we always wanted because too many people, you know, are timid or don't really agree with us. Don gave a little bit of dissent last week, but you know, he, he you know, not not quite as much as we like. And you know, again, every anybody who listens to our show who want who disagrees with us thinks that we're full, we're dunderheads or stupid or we're wrong. Come on, we would love to have you on the show. We would be we will be nice. We'll be cordial. We just want to open up dialogue. Sometimes. <laughs> God damn it, Neil. It's- it's 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 funny the lies that spew out of people's mouths. Liar! What he's talking about me? Of course. What you saying? I wouldn't be happy to have someone on the show that disagrees with me. Uh, that's, that that's funny. I think you enjoy it, but not for the obvious reasons. Okay, I don't know where your mind is. Well, let's see. It's uh oh, Neil and I had a discussion earlier this week about uh, about uh, martial arts and uh, stuff. That was oh, pretty funny. God. Oh my god! It's... Talking about episodes of bullshit. Yeah, I can't wait until uh, until Kevin and I over or until Kevin, my buddy Kevin, that does one of the podcasts over at Geekcast Radio. He does the telecast, which we're gonna have future seasons of like TV shows. I can't wait till we get to Walker, Texas Ranger, because I'm sorry, cops did not do martial arts. <laughs> well, when the eyes of a ranger are upon you. No, it actually actually it's really funny because I live in. Fort Worth, Texas. So, <laughs> so when that sh- show was filming, the you know parts of the highway was actually shut down, and that ruined everybody's day trying to move around in Metroplex. So, I have had you know experience around Walker, Texas Ranger because of that. Thank you. <laughs> Bad memories, huh? No, I didn't even watch the show. I just know that they shut down parts of the highway once when they were doing an episode where they were yeah. landing a plane on the highway. <laughs> they You're tend to do that. Yeah, it uh, sort of ruined everybody's day. And by the way, nobody here really likes uh, Chuck Norris that much, and he isn't, you know, the god man that everyone thinks he is. No, he's the uh, he's the pimp of exercise infomercials at three a.m. I thought it was that uh, what's his name, the, the guy who did the Gazelle uh, free rider thing. The, the guy. Oh, with... No, Norris does. Um, what's the oh, name of the other guy though? I'm curious now. Uh, Body by Jake, I think. No, it's just his voice starts squeaking when he's so excited about it. It's like, wow. Um, I think it's Tony something. I know, yeah, Tony I know, something. I know what you, yeah. Tony Little? I, oh, God. I don't know. I think I just Tony Little. I think every it's... now and then at like 3 o'clock in the morning some nights, I'll, I'll catch an infomercial with Chuck and his supposed wife. Oh, the uh, <laughs> where some exercise machine thing. I don't know what the hell it's the called. The Bowflex. No, it's not Bowflex. <laughs> I don't think it's Bowflex. I think he did Bowflex once. No. He may have. Just sworn he did Bowflex once. All right. Well, let's uh, let me start the episode first with a monologue that I'm going to read through. It's a, uh, you know, it's uh, This is very important. So let, let me just uh, give it a read through. Okay, yeah. Tonight we will be talking about something that inevitably carries a lot of controversy: Star Wars prequel media. Before we begin, there are a few bits of information that needs to be put out. Both Clone Wars series are essentially a piece of bridge media, meant to bridge between episodes 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. A piece of bridge media is best released between the releases of the two movies, which was when the, the Gennady Tarkovsky series was released. Mm-hmm. One month prior to the release of George Lucas's Clone Wars movie in theaters, notably three years after the release of episode 3, the Tarkovsky series was no longer able to buy new, with a message that has been discontinued by the manufacturer. To the day of this recording... Volume 2 is not available to buy new, but Volume 1 has recently been put back on the market. 
Mm. When questioned about the canon of the Tarkovsky series, an official LucasArts was quoted in saying the truth of which series is canon depends entirely on your point of view. I tell you these facts so you can keep them in your mind when you listen to us and ultimately make up your own mind. Thank you. And welcome to Animation Aficionados. Uh, I am again your host, Ben, and we are joined by TV's Mr. Neil. Hello. And uh, Mike. Hello. Uh, Asaku. Hello. And Sean. How you doing? And uh, as I said in my monologue, tonight we will be talking about Clone Wars, side by side. And as I said here, it's uh, the Tarkovsky series was released on television as uh, as shorts between other shows on Cartoon Network between the release of Episodes 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Essentially acting as Bridge Media should. Is it worth mentioning that the second series basically ended right at the beginning of Episode 3 as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. It should be noted that, that, yes, both series ended right before Episode 3, which is kind of curious, mind you. So Now, you mean as far as the 2003 series, right? No. I, uh, Neil, go ahead. I was just about to say the, uh, the 2003 series ended literally at the opening stages of... Uh, episode 3 with, uh, with, episode three. with Palpatine yeah. kidnapped and... Palpatine. Palpatine aficionado. <laughs> I read more than I talk to people, Neil. Okay. But uh, I don't... See, I haven't seen any of the latest episodes of the new series, so I'm... I've the seen some. I'm like, the 2008 series is still ongoing. They've even pre- yeah. they've even shown a premiere thing of, oh, what's coming next in Season 4? Because the Season 3 finale just happened like a week and a half ago. Yeah, April 1st or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it would have ended. Yeah, the 2008 series has not ended. Oh, mm-hmm. God. And, well, like I said, the original 2003 Gennady Tarkovsky series, Gennady Tarkovsky, of course, known for his work in a lot of Cartoon Network's uh, materials in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, um, you know, Powerpuff Girls, The Dexter's Lab, uh, Samurai Samurai Jack, of course. And um, he's also known for doing a lot of storyboard work. He did the storyboarding for uh, Iron Man 2. So it's, it's, you know, very famous, uh, very renowned animator. Did he work on Powerpuff Girls? I didn't. I didn't know that. He did no. some work on there. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he did some work on there. It's, uh, he that was when he was still working with Craig McCracken. Okay. Yeah, it must have been like background work. Yeah, because yeah, he's never prominently. Uh, no, not, not prominently, but he did do some work there. Okay. So that was that was the uh, that was the dream team back then. Craig McCracken and uh, Gennady Tarkovsky. They they really built Cartoon Network's cartoon cartoons lineup and made it a real good place for cartoons to flourish back then. Keyword there is back then. Of course the keyword is back then. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, now they're just they're, uh, now they were doing all these other things that just at least they got out of the flash animation like all of the God. Well they're still they're still doing the Tilda Drama bullshit. That's flash animation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people tell me it's not, I'm like, are you do you need your eyes checked? That's flash. So, as a graphic designer I can spot flash and it is not the savior of the universe. Okay, you, you all need to listen to more Queen. Moving on. I got it. <laughs> Moving on, uh, the uh, Clone Wars series by Gennady Tarkovsky. Of course, uh, the only 
the only person who provide voice acting in the series that was actually in Star Wars was, of course, Anthony Daniels, reprising his uh, C-3PO role. All the other voices were cast for this, and you know none of the original actors volunteered. <laughs> I believe R2 did his own voice in uh, the end of the series, too. <laughs> actually, it's funny you mention that. R2 does not have a voice in either series. Yeah. He doesn't even have it. He doesn't even get a voice credit in either series, actually. Correct. It's <laughs> and of course, you know, a lot of people, you know, initially have the same effect. They they always say, "Oh, wow, they you know, Kennedy really pumped up the Jedi in this." And personally, for me, a guy who felt like the uh, the original trilogy's power set for the Jedi was perfect for me, I didn't mind that the Jedi were pumped up in Kennedy's Clone Wars series. And that's saying a lot. It has a lot to do with presentation over power. Okay, sure, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of great, giant, grand feats, but I didn't mind it as much because the presentation was so good, and it made it feel like it was something epic like the Iliad, at least in my eyes. It's, uh, Neil, what are your feelings on this? It's uh, the uh, power differentiation between the live-action movies and the cartoon. Uh, well, I wasn't really paying that much attention to that. I was I was more interested in what was going on with uh, Anakin because I thought the way they did Anakin in the prequel movies and the way they did him in uh, in the Clone Wars uh, Gendi series was way different. In the movies, they they had him turn bad because because he was worried his his wife was going to die and it made him look really stupid. Whereas in the liar in the <laughs> liar liar. In, in the cartoon, you're against me, liar! I slaughtered up like animals. In, in, in the cartoon, they... it's soft and smooth. I gotta edit this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Neil. It's, in... uh, you opened up the, the 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 floodgate of Anakin bad acting, and it it's it's like a channel. It can't stop. I, I'm not sure if that's the uh, responsibility of the actor or, or the actual script because Anakin is better in everywhere, at, everywhere else but the movies. The novel was better. Actual Not actor is better. actually a damn good actor. The actual actor for Anakin is a damn good actor. And just like, you know, I thought I thought Natalie Portman was a terrible actress because of that. And then I found out she started in other things and she's actually damn good. I'm like, it, it, like I said, it's not the actor's fault. It, it's the direction they got. Oh, so you saw that before? You saw? Have you seen The Professional? I have not seen The Professional, but I saw Black Swan. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think Professional was like two years. She's like twelve years old and outstanding in that. Yeah, yeah like I said, it's just it's just surprising. People people think that because Natalie Portman is so dry and wooden in the Star Wars prequels that she's a bad actress. She's not. She was yeah, but to read those sappy bad love lines. Yeah, but what has uh, Anakin's actor Hayden Christensen done with his career? Nothing. That's because it, it was because it was just destroyed. Oh, whoa, whoa! So you're saying that uh, the same thing that happened to Mark Hamill happened to Hayden Christensen? Mark Hamill was able to bounce back because he has he's a fantastic voice actor. Yeah, Mark Hamill has plenty of popularity beyond Star Wars. I mean, the Joker, uh, Hobgoblin from Spider-Man the Animated Series, best cartoon in the 90s. Uh, you know, he was Christopher Blair in Wing Commander. Yeah. Wing Commander. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But then I, I say it's a, 
he has to be part of the actor's fault, not just it's, it the really is it really isn't. The problem is this what the final cut is the one that George Lucas makes. Oh. So the problem is this you know, he they the problem is he makes them do multiple takes until they do it the way he likes it and that's the one he takes. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of stupid lines that they had Harrison Ford saying in uh in A New Hope and then when you get to uh Empire Strikes, uh, Empire Back. Strikes Back, Back, suddenly he's he's, he's a tour de force of acting. Yeah, but even as cheesy as some of the lines were, he still delivered them with just that swagger that Haydn never really had. I still say that, in, that I've seen him in other things, and he actually has a lot more acting chops than you think. Just like, uh, just like what's the name of the guy who was uh, Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor? Yeah, Ewan yeah. McGregor, yeah. Yeah, he, he's a fantastic actor. Well, yeah, and it's, he had a reputation before Star Wars. Yeah, it's, Star Wars uh, was the, it. you know, Jimmy Smith, who should have been in all three movies, you know, awesome actor. Just look for his work anywhere. Awesome actor. But he, even he came off as wooden, and he was only in the movie for five, for five minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying that George Lucas has a, a habit of making actors very wooden when he's in direct control. When he is assuming direct control. <laughs> the point of this is is that Anakin in the 2003 cartoon series sucks. No, he doesn't. No, yes, he does. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. The ghost hand sequence is the best foreshadowing in any prequel media ever. The voicing of Anakin by Matt Lucas in the it's 2003 awesome. series is awesome. Sucks. It's awesome. It's it so much shit in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> See, Neil, you told me to be nice. It well, that's sucks. Because, that's because you pick fights. I'm just. I'm it just sucks for one reason only because he sounds like this super young emo boy. He doesn't sound like a Jedi whatsoever. Liar! <laughs> I'm just saying that compared to the source material, he is like a million times better. He's not shouting, liar! Liar! I, I disagree. Matt Lucas was the worst voice acting choice for this character whatsoever. Did you? So, I would have rather them gotten Tara Strong to do a male voice for Anakin Skywalker <laughs> in this series than this asshole that voiced him. M Mike, ju just a moment. Are you just saying you actually uh, think that um, movie Anakin was better than this? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Wait. Liar! Oh. <sighs> By the way, there's a, uh, there's a page on Geeks On where they do a 20-minute, uh, don't listen to it now, but they do a 20-minute uh, abridged script reading of Episode 3. You guys should check that out later. And do they, do they, do they emphasize the liar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, liar! Liar! I'll put it to you this way. Comparing the two series, 2003 and 2008, Matt Lanter who voiced Anakin in the current series, does a hell of a lot better job than... He did a great job in that buddy comedy episode where Dooku, Anakin, and Obi-Wan were chained together and had to work together, just like that 80s action cartoon trope. Wasn't that great? The 2008 series is superior to the 2003 series in Ghost every hand. way. Ghost hand. I don't care. One, the problem I mainly have with the the Tartakovsky series is, first of all, it's nothing but sh three minute shorts. That's all it is. 
It's like something Cartoon Network would put in between an episode of Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab. That's, That's exactly all it what is. They did. And, and like I said, this was how it was commissioned. That's not a fault of Tarkovsky. That's the fault of how it was commissioned. They told Tarkovsky that's how they wanted it to be made. And, and that's did. fine. But what I'm saying is overall looking at Clone Wars as a cartoon series, in my opinion, because of that short form, it, because of that short form type of style, it sucks. Do you, do you know who Max Fleischer is? Yeah. Do you know that the original Superman shorts were shown in movie theaters right before a movie? Yes. Does that make that inferior to every to the Ruby Spears Superman cartoons? No, because the Max Fleischer cartoons were actually awesome. These, this cartoon specifically, this 2003 version, sucks. The animation on it sucks. The animation the beards, was good. The beards it was, it on, was on Obi-Wan and Count Dooku look like they're fucking stapled on. They, the, the, the 2003 series, the animation was at least 25 tweens. At mm. least. The animation looks like Really shitty cell animation from the 1970s. No, no, yeah. no, no. Jeez, you haven't seen really, 70s really animation. Flash animation. What? You think that looks like flash animation? No, I'm not saying it is flash animation. You're saying it looks like flash it's animation. It's so horrible it could be equal to flash animation. Oh, oh my. So, so the sequence, the sequence where Anakin fights Asajj Ventress. That you don't think that's well animated at all? No. The entire series is not well animated at all. The, 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 I got a. Do you know great fight? I mean, no. Uh, the the critique that it's only that it's only like five minute uh, uh, segments is not exactly accurate because some of those some of those segments are actually meant to continue off of one another, and some of them some of them some of them do stitch together in such a way that they. Do produce very long sequences. If and, you watch it, if you watch it all together, you you really yeah. don't notice the breaks that much. Yeah, and the last but, five or six are very long. The, the right, last five, the last six is, were twenty like, minutes long. The last six were twenty minutes long. Before the show started today, I went through this morning because Neil and I were chatting on Facebook or Google or wherever. I forget where, where the hell we had first talked about it this morning. Uh, you know, I went back and I watched like the first ten chapters of season one. And every single clip was at least three minutes, 40 seconds. And it's like, really? Oh, God. Kill me now. What I'm saying is this cartoon would have worked better in a, you know, 25, 30 minute format rather than three minute increments that go in between other cartoons. I really don't see that as, you know, I see that as a challenge of the medium that was given to the man to, to work for, to work from. And, you know, it's up to you or me to decide whether he succeeded. It's a personal opinion. But he failed. It, in my opinion, he succeeded because what he did was he created a, a well-crafted piece of bridge media between two movies, between the release of those two movies. You're, you're talking about the first ten chapters. After that is when it really gets rolling, and that's when it starts telling a story. Yeah, and like, first, like we the said, first the first ten the chapters second, are all set up. The second, The second set of cartoons, volume two... They were longer. There were sequences that were five minutes long, as a minimum. Others were ten minutes long. There were there were a couple sequences that were twenty minutes long, like the whole ghost hand chapters. Those were twenty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Those were the length of a regular cartoon shown without commercials. Yeah, 
This, this 2003 series, I just, it, it just. Have, what was your opinion on the ghost hand sequence? Do you think that was not. I, I didn't, I, I couldn't, like, when I looked for it on YouTube, I looked for, you know, past, you know, chapter 10, and I think I saw up to, like, chapter 15. I looked for, you know, past chapters past that, couldn't find them on YouTube. Daily Motion. And Volume 2 is available to buy on Amazon. It's the only one available to buy on Amazon because, uh, no, Volume 1 is available. Volume 2 is not. Volume. And you had to look for Volume Two from a from a from a reseller, but it's because of George Lucas's, uh, you know, ass hattery, which It'll you have to admit is ass hattery. But you still have to see the Tarkovsky series because of Ventress. She's introduced in that, and there's no introduction of her in the CG series. Well, that's another thing. It's uh, well, she was voiced in the Tarkovsky series by uh, Gray Delasi. Gray Delasi, yeah. And they it was voiced by someone who wasn't Gray in the other series. So you talk about the voice actor changes. How about that one? Yeah, that's true. I think she sounds good in the new series, though. Better than Gray? I'm not sure. She works. She has this a menacing yet sultry voice that kind of fits her character, since they've kind of with her movements and everything. She really shouldn't evil, be sultry. She's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like a death machine. Yeah. But the, but since she they, the way they made her move and everything, there's they made it like a sensual death almost. You kind of like sashays as she walks and everything, and but oh. then, just a, a core of evil. That really doesn't work for me because in my mind, Asazi Ventress is supposed to be just this embodiment of death, hatred, and and destruction, and not really supposed to be anything about. Uh, about seduction in any way or or or. <laughs> Or sensuality. It's you know you're supposed to be able to tell she's female from a glance, but there shouldn't be anything beyond that level. I can't tell between either picture between either series that she's supposed to be female. I thought it was pretty <laughs> obvious, but you know, no, not really. And <laughs> you know, honestly, the the biggest issue is in Clone Wars in the Gennady, in the Gennady series, they built up uh, Dooku in I think one of the best ways possible. They showed that Dooku. Used, uh, you know, used all these different elements combined to overwhelm Jedi, you know, because one thing they showed was that, you know, head on with a calm Jedi, Duke, not Dooku, pardon me, Grievous, Grievous, mm -hmm. I said Dooku, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Grievous does not stand a chance against a Jedi head on when the Jedi is perfectly calm and in control of the situation. And they emphasize that the only way that Grievous stands a chance is if using, you know, you know, using psychological warfare and, you know, totally overwhelming them and totally, you know, appearing bigger than he is. You know, it's it's just it's that, that I thought was brilliant because it, it shows that, you know, Jedi are very powerful, but they're not invincible. You could just use mind tricks to fool them like that. I'm not talking about a Jedi mind trick, but I thought that was brilliant and I enjoyed that. And then all of a sudden, when you get to episode three, Dooku's like a punk. Well, Grievous and Dooku are both punks. I mean, I mean, Grievous was made to be out of like a cowardly bitch because he constantly ran from every fight in the movie. Yeah. Well, in 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 the in the Gennady series, the 2000, uh, 2003 series, like I said, he used the combination of uh, psychological warfare, sleight of hand, uh, and just moving in a robotic body in a way that totally confuses and overwhelms his opponents. Mm-hmm. I guess and you could argue that when... I was really disappointed about the movies that 
Grievous never uh, paid off. I mean, he was portrayed as some unstoppable killing machine on the in May series. Yeah, that's what and, I mean. Yeah, but yeah, remember uh, May smashes his ribs in or whatever and gives him the cough at the end of the uh, animated series. So uh, that's exactly he, what I mean when I say that you know, like at the end of the first volume, yeah, he's facing a bunch of Jedi who are tired, ragged, and totally exhausted and afraid, and then he squashes Shaggy Jedi. Yeah, but Shame. then, you get, but because of the injury he sustained by Mace, you could say that by the time the movie rolled around, he was only working at half power or something like I, that. I know, and that's what I'm saying. You know, like I said in the in in the in, I'm just saying that it emphasizes the point I made earlier. How uh, you know he faced he faced four or five Jedi at the end of Volume One, and he totally he totally raped them because because he was because he had the advantage in every sense, and he just totally you know went all monkey on them. To the point where they had to use ARC Troopers. And by the way, this is another thing I liked about the 2003 series. The ARC Troopers were freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they had to use ARC Troopers. And the ARC Troopers had to resort to using their gunship on the guy. And, and then That was an awesome scene, him standing in front of that gunship. <laughs> yeah. I should find that, that, that uh, scene and put, drop it into the uh, show post. Oh, yeah. And like I said, it's just, it's just amazing because... At the end of Volume Two, when when uh, Dooku is fa- no not Dooku, Grievous is facing the uh, is facing Mace Windu, and Mace Windu is totally calm, collected, a Jedi Master, and Grievous is holding all four sabers out. You know, it just shows immediately what uh, Dooku was telling Grievous earlier that a Jedi calm, collected, easily trounced him. Mm-hmm. So that actually had payoff. The uh, training session between Dooku and Grievous earlier in the Clone Wars series that had payoff there. And like I said, and Neil agrees with me, the ghost hand sequence in the 2003 series is the best piece of foreshadowing in any prequel media that I ever saw, and I just thought it was brilliant. I also liked uh, in the in the new series where Anakin brings out the dark side and force chokes uh, I know Nuke Gunray or one of those Trade Federation guys because he's worried about Ahsoka, and they cue in a little bit of Darth Vader theme there. Was another kind of good foreshadowing scene of. But have you seen the ghost hand sequence? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen it lots of times. Okay, the ghost hand sequence for those that don't know and yeah. who really should buy volume two so you can see the ghost hand sequence is uh, where uh, where Anakin and Obi Wan come upon this planet full of uh, full of these uh, aliens and there's only women in the village so. And so all, yeah, and all the men, all the men have been kidnapped by these evil uh, scientists turning them into monsters and they and the aliens keep on saying in their alien language ghost hand that they're waiting for ghost hand and turns out that anakin is ghost hand because he's missing a hand in his robotic hand and so anakin goes and he frees the he frees the uh the men from the village they're horribly mutated but they but they're on his side and he has to destroy the power source for for the plant which he does and it blows up his robotic hand and the best scene is this: is where he fights the, where he fights the fleeing scientists, and all he does is he points his, his stump, at them. And it's just this powerful imagery invoked where he points a stump at them and he like crushes their, he crushes their skulls with it. I'm so sick of the prerequisite that every single piece of Star Wars media has to have someone's hand fucking cut off. <laughs> yeah, that was some. That was something that happened in episode two. So you can't blame 
We'll get a D for it also that. happened in episode five. That's what I'm saying. I'm tired of having people's hands cut off. Well, you need the they imagery. Cut off a because... leg or something. I'm just saying that the imagery of <laughs> the imagery worked really well with them saying ghost hand earlier, and these natives are watching Anakin kill these scientists with just pointing a stump at them. It looks like he really does have a ghost hand. It's just. And earlier there was a sequence in a cave where Anakin is like inhaling some some hallucinogens from the cave. And he looks at these cave paintings, and I really can't describe what he sees because it's just, it, it was amazing. I just had the best idea ever. I want to see a peg leg Jedi. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I think that exists somewhere in the, the Old Republic somewhere. I don't know. It's a, maybe, maybe it's around the same place as Jackson. Hmm. Well, the thing with Jedi, is... you know, you know about Jackson, don't you, Mike? No, oh, I no. don't. The, the the only Star Wars media I know is whatever cartoons I've seen in the movies. I know nothing about the the expanded universe as far as the books and all that. Oh stuff. my God, Jackson is what happens when you uh, when you ask people to write books and write novels and comics that shouldn't for Star Wars because they invented this uh, these uh, species of uh, of rabbit men. And one it's named, Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, it one's named Jackson. <laughs> oh my and, god! And, and he's he's a green furred rabbit that's Han Solo's buddy. <whistles> and what's really funny is in the comic books he's drawn like cartoonish, but there's actually a novel cover where they try to draw him realistic, and it's the most frightening thing you'll ever see. It's something out of a horror movie. Yeah. So, so people still read the expanded universe stuff, and they have the gall to. Say how awful Jar Jar is, or something like that. Uh, Jar Jar's still pretty damn bad. I don't care what you say. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jackson is orders of magnitude worse than Jar Jar. <laughs> I know one person that loves the expanded universe. That's Mike, the bastard man, Dodd. Oh, here you, here you go. Uh, <laughs> here you go. There's Jackson for you. Enjoy that. Oh, Enjoy uh... that. Forever. No, this is definitely ten times worse than Jar Jar. As bad as Jar Jar is, this is worse. Oh, there's a picture. There's a if you go down the article, there's a picture of him with his buddy Han Solo. Oh my God! Yeah, kill me now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bucky O'Hare. Is this yeah. after Chewbacca bit it in this expanded universe, or? That's. Here it's. I don't know what his the first novel he was in. What was the? Let's see. Here was um. He was on. A, he was on a poster for Clone Wars. You know, I saw the. Uh, speaking of the Clone Wars, I guess I don't know if you guys want to move into the 08 series, but I saw the quote unquote movie that they put out before the actual cartoon series, and it wasn't that bad. And I well, have... except for the the farting, burping baby. Well, yeah, but, I mean, there has to be some sort of comedy relief somewhere in a movie like that. Uh, no, there isn't. No, there shouldn't. Well, there's a burping Sarlacc pit in Jedi, so. Yeah, see? So there. Um, I don't think that's quite the same as trying to, like, guard and protect the Sarlacc that's burping and farting throughout the whole movie. I, I think there's a difference between a single burp and this little thing that looks like a turd. That they have to carry around the whole movie, you know what I mean? There, there's a difference. I I question the definition of comedy when it comes to this character. <laughs> I think it's for well, it's the kid appeal there because I know well, I took my my son to see it and uh, f- point of reference. Uh, 
1978, in a magazine interview, George Lucas said that Star Wars was never meant for children. <laughs> what? Wow. Well, I, bl- I believe it was Rolling Stone magazine. George Lucas said something contradictory? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, basically that. One of the reasons why, and I, I haven't seen all of the two thousand the 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 uh, the uh, current series two thousand eight series, but one of the things that I have caught on to is all of the homages and all the character callbacks, and all that they brought in Liam Neeson back to do a ghost version of Qui Gon. I thought that was pretty cool. But Qui Gon was an unnecessary character to begin with. Oh God! Oh, you said he was unnecessary. I really think Qui-Gon was an unnecessary character in the prequels. In fact, I, the prequels, I, the biggest problem I have with the prequels is you have you have all these years of people coming up with their own version of the story, and then when you tell the story itself, it's unsatisfying. It's sort of like what happened with Wolverine Origins. I mean the comic book and the movie. Mm-hmm. When you finally tell the story, you're going to piss more people off than please. Well, Wolverine always worked as an anti-hero. Anakin... I don't know. There's more to his backstory, I think. Or he, he's he doesn't rely as much on mystery as that would. I mean, that's a little off topic, but yeah. my point here is is that uh, you know they do a lot of really great callbacks of bringing characters back and bringing you know people in that either acted as the character or did a voice previously or something like that. One of the things that I find extremely hilarious. Uh, when I had a chance to talk to Phil Lamar, I, we asked him uh, if they told him to do a Jimmy Smith's impression or if he just did that on his own. And he said, no, they asked for it. He did it because he voices Bail Organa in the 2008 series. And he said that the funny thing about Clone Wars is that, or the Clone Wars, is that over time they want you to do, like at the beginning they said do the impressions, but over time it's become their own character. Okay, you know, it's, uh, and they've what, Mike, changed their voice as they've gone along. Mike, I just have one question for you, if, if you don't mind answering. Uh, as I covered earlier on, on the show, it's uh, before, the, before the release in the theaters of The Clone Wars, the Tarkovsky series was taken off the market with the message, right. this, this has been removed by the manufacturer. Do, do you not think that this was a dickish move by Lucas? That the 2003 series, you can't buy it anymore? Yeah. It probably is. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's. I mean, that's, you know, like, that's like somebody saying, oh, you know, that's like Lucas making a move saying, oh, we're going to do these, uh, we're going to do the Star Wars movies in 3D and we're going to have them in high definition, but we're only doing the original trilogy. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think really the only prequel movie we actually needed was uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, episode one, just, meh. Liar! What? Oh, episode three was good. It tied into episode four. Liar! <laughs> it only took two viewings of episode three to, for me to go. Uh... That's the thing. I, I I know of I know of some very famous internet reviewers that say that the episode three was like hitting a home run, and I don't see it because all the parts with oh Chewbacca, I knew you all along. That's so contrived. Contrived, pardon me, contrived. Okay, well, I'm not talking about all the little mini parts with... It was it was mostly mini parts. It's mostly parts to put in there to try to tie into a neat bow. Oh, wipe the droid memory. It's all stuff that's trying to please the, the nitpicker and at the same time try to please fans. It's like, oh, see, oh, see, Yoda knew Chewbacca. never wiped. 
Huh? I remember reading a thing with Lucas a long time ago. In a galaxy far said, away? What? In a galaxy <laughs> far away? Yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, it was far, far away. But they he said something about seeing R2 and 3PO being kind of the linchpins there would be in every episode of the series. Well, that was, was the, that was the original intent with uh, because it was based off of uh, uh, Hidden Fortress, right? Yeah. And that was the, the the main characters of the story were just two were just two lowly uh, peasants that were just along for the ride that and they were the point of view for the story of Hidden Fortress and that was the that was a storytelling advice that that Lucas borrowed when he did A New Hope. Yeah, but I mean the the point being that he he saw them as being in something to tie the whole series together so he had to throw them into prequels, and, and he had to come up with some reason why they wouldn't be remembered. Although, my problem is in episode four, when Obi-Wan says, don't seem to remember ever owning a droid before, or something like that, that he wouldn't have recognized 3PO at that point, at, or R2. But And that's where the nerd goes, well, it's true, he didn't own a droid, and then, and then I punch them in the face. <laughs> Falcon punch! Well, he did own a droid. It's frequently getting blasted on a ship, isn't it? Well, it's different droid because it keeps on getting destroyed. Yeah, exactly. But he owned them. He owned a couple droids. Well, overall, if I had one of the problems I have with the with the prequels themselves, this would be a four hour long show, and we Neil won't stand for that. Oh no! Not after last week. (laughs) So I enjoyed all three of the prequels. So Um, I I tried to. I tried to. That's I tried really hard, but. It it was you know the first one with yippee that 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 lost me second one with you're everything that's soft and smooth lost me third <laughs> one liar lost me liar well at least third one you got all the way to the end pretty much before it lost you and I think the point here is that basically the third movie was the only movie that somehow satisfied everything we hoped for the prequels somehow. Not exactly. Well, they had the those highest those... satisfaction percentage, but you know, thirty yeah. percent versus five percent is still not passing. <laughs> yeah, but still better. <laughs> yeah, but you just put better and try again next time. You get you repeat the year on the report card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could just do that, good Lucas. <laughs> but I honestly never really had a problem with the animation of. Uh, Clone Wars, and I am an an I I love smooth animation. I actually try to count the tweens in animation, and I try to judge animation based on tween rate, uh, consistency of character design, elasticity versus plasticity in these character designs, color models, all that. And really, what attracted me to Clone Wars was their brilliant use of color model, color models, and their backgrounds. The backgrounds are beautiful. Yeah, it was, again, you know, all the work that uh, Gennady's known for from uh, Samurai Jack coming full front. A little bit more detail than Samurai Jack because Samurai Jack did a lot of great work with just stark colors and lines. But, you know, you could definitely tell he used what he learned from there and applied it to the nth degree there. I agree the backgrounds look good, but just the character models, they suck. Then how come they copied them for the (laughs) CGI series? No, they actually didn't. They made it better. Yeah, they were different inspirations. I'm I'm sorry. I just looked at General Grievous's voice compare page with his two images, and I'm sorry. There's no way in hell. We're talking about Grievous. We're talking about all the other characters. Well, 
I'm Yoda. just saying, there's no way in hell that Grievous is the same model from the 2003 series to the 2008 series. You're still using Grievous after we said we're not using Grievous. So I don't understand why you're arguing with air here. My point is, in 2003, Grievous was a white-looking statue, and in 2008, he looked more like his movie counterpart. There's a different reason for that, though. They they were working off of a pre-rendering, or a a previous rendering than what they ultimately used in the movie. So the fact that he looked different in the 2003 series was not Gendy's fault. They used what was given to them. Yeah. And again, you know, when the 2008 series, which was made, you know, years after the movie, of course they used them all closer to what was in the movie. Probably used the same CGI assets, just dumbed them down for the, for the, for the system. I don't ever remember seeing blue stormtrooper masks. Uh, They were everywhere. And that's another thing. In uh, the 2003 series, ARC Troopers were badass, while in the 2008 series, they follow Jar Jar's orders explicitly, and the leader says, don't worry, he's smarter than he looks. Yeah, those, <laughs> those, those ARC Troopers were not exclusive to, to the uh, 2003 series. Those came off of the... Uh, I think they came from the toy line first, and they were in the comics, too. Right, but I'm just saying that the ARC Troopers, there's a difference between the two, between two versions because you get, you know, the badass commandos in the 2003 series, and then you have, don't worry, he's smarter than he looks in the 2008 series. Yeah, but then they still win, though? Still? Yeah, because, because, like, a geyser exploded. Right. You know, they didn't make, you know, the ARC Troopers didn't make the geyser explode. The geyser just did it. You know, it's, like, it's not like you think uh, Yellowstone National Park for winning your battle for you. It's all strategic timing on Jar Jar's part. He knew the geyser was going to go. Jar Jar doesn't even know what time it is to eat. <laughs> I think he's lucky he's wearing, he wears pants. <laughs> and by the way, the most brilliant use of Jar Jar I ever saw was in a Robot Chicken Star Wars special where they actually got the guy who did Jar Jar's voice for this hilarious bit. Amon Best has always done his voice. I mean, ever, ever since the prequels. Anything that that Jar Jar's in, it's a mod best every single time that I've I know, noticed. but I mean for a Robot Chicken special, though. Well, I mean, Robot Chicken can get good voice actors, and, you know, Family Guy, no, that can't really at all. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things. Oh, Jar Jar is one of those characters where, you know, you just have to be in the mood for that type of... A suicidal mood? Horrible <laughs> slapstick comedy is what I was going to say. Well, basically, the thing with Jar Jar is a cartoon character in uh, in Star Wars. He's uh, some I I think Lucas has been quoted uh, that he used Jar Jar to do something to, to make the whole prequels more accessible to children, something like that. Yeah, and but in 1978, in a in a magazine interview, he said that the Star Wars movies were always meant for only adults. Yeah, but by the time Jedi rolled around, that obviously changed, and he's gone on record since then saying that, especially with the prequels. With well, he, he, has well he went on record saying that they were always meant for children as well, which is a bold-faced lie. Yeah, because that's in that's... Uh, Empire of Dreams where he says that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that if you want to take George Lucas at face value, it depends on what he wants to say to make himself look best at that time. Yeah, but it could also be he, may have, he doesn't follow... His word is religiously as the Star Wars fans do, so he may have no recollection of making those comments back in 78. I had no recollection of that moment. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. 
Wait, wait, wait. You need to rephrase that. I did not have sexual relations with that Wookiee. <laughs> That's actually better, Mike. Thank you. But the, the point remains is that, honestly, the best time for a piece of bridge media, I always felt, is in between the two things it's bridging. And yes. What makes bridge media best is, yes. is three elements. Number one, being released between the, the two pieces it's bridging. Number two, foreshadowing elements that will be in the second movie. And number three, being accessible. And in all three regards, I felt that the uh, 2003 Clone Wars series succeeded at some level. Mm-hmm. For, for me, the success was very high. For Mike, it's obviously very low or non-existent. Neil, what was it for you? It was very successful. Sean? I'd have to agree. I, 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 I love the original series as much as I like the new ones. Isaku? The original series was the best. It was a fresh idea. And did this job very well. And uh, you know, there's, there's also the new series, okay. The new, go, series, go, go, go. the new series is an abomination that shouldn't exist. It doesn't, doesn't serve any purpose. Liar! Liar! <laughs> doesn't doesn't serve any purpose. The 2008 <laughs> series has much better storytelling. It's no foreshadowing. Actual cartoon and not shorts. Yes, I know the later ones got longer. Uh, the 2008 series has much better storytelling because it tells an actual fucking story instead of just going back and saying, oh, well, this, this, and this happened. And click. Sorry, you can't see it again till tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but, okay, so what was the story in the movie other than guarding a baby farting hut? I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the TV series. The TV series, which is sponsored in the movie, and you... I just want to know. It has a continuous story. Uh, where where Dooku? Okay, uh, that's that's great. That's great. It has a continuous story, but still, my problem with the newer series is that basically um, everything in Star Wars is like, oh, there's supposed to be a coherent story between the movies and this uh, anime series. Okay, just sort of, just ignore it. We add new characters. We do a completely alternate story where nothing seems to fit with the original canon. And we'll just have fun. And I would like to like that, but it doesn't feel honest, really. I mean, I don't have think... They, that... Have they actually said that the Star Wars, the Clone Wars film and television series is supposed to fit into the entire canon of the actual live-action movies and all that? Actually, the uh, the uh, quote I mentioned earlier in my monologue, that's where that's where it fits in, because that, that guy from LucasArts said that the new series was in canon, but the old one could still fit in canon, depending, using a Star Wars vernacular, he did, entirely on your point, own point of view. Which, right, in Star Wars, is, talk okay, means if, bullshit. If we, if we look at 2008 on its own, from the film that started it to the actual three seasons of television cartoons, if we just look at it at itself without connecting it to the fucking movies... It's a good series by itself, and that's my point. It's Neil, tell good... tell some tell tell Mike about your favorite character in that in that series again. Oh God, Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, first of all, okay, let me go back know, to the. You have to say anything else. Uh, let, let Neil talk, Mike, and you'll you will have yeah. a chance to rebut. First of all, let, let me go back to the movie for a second. I was going to say earlier, uh, the the thing about them looking for the uh, the farting uh, hut. Uh, piece of poo baby i think i saw that episode of ren and stimpy before but anyway ahsoka okay here's a character who has no character flaws 
is sassy and has no comeuppance for anything that she does. She fought against uh, Asaji. Uh, yeah, Asaj and and General Grievous and survived both of them. She should be dead at their feet. <laughs> That's bullshit. She should not exist. <laughs> yeah. You said it. And that's oh, fine. You know, Get one character does not make an girl entire out of Star series. Wars. <laughs> one character does not make an entire series. I personally found Shock T in the 2003 series, which was a much more compelling female Jedi character. I, I just, I, I don't. This is probably the only Tartakovsky cartoon that I hate the animation style on. Wow. Mike, I, I just, Mike, I just ask you to do one thing. Go to DailyMotion.com. Please look up the Volume 2 episodes, especially well, uh, around... Send me a link to where I can watch them, and I'll do that, but I'm not going to set out and search for it myself. I, I will send you a link. I, I just want you to watch <laughs> it make up your own mind, because I really think that, that, that Ghost Hand was the best foreshadowing done in the prequel medias. And uh, to go on at my point about the about Bridge series and you know where they succeed and where they failed, uh, I'll give some other examples uh, there was bridge media used in between the, the Matrix movies, <laughs> which sucked because only Fly of the Osiris had any, anything to do with bridging the two movies. And it was not a very good sequence. I did not enjoy Fly of the Osiris, but people loved the whole, you know, the Animatrix, but it wasn't a good piece of bridge media. And, uh, mm. you know, released in between, uh, released in between. Uh, you know, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. They did a, Gotham. they did a Gotham Knight, which that movie sucked. Which also sucked because no, the, nothing in it bridged between the two movies. Not a single short in there bridged between the two movies. And see, that's the problem that I have with quote unquote movies like that. That's not a movie. That's six separate stories that they're telling. The only yeah. good story out of that entire quote unquote film was the Deadshot story. was the only one I really liked out of that. So. What about the one that ripped off Legends of the Dark Knight? What? No. The one where they ripped what? Ripped off Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah, no, that sucked. Which with, one was that? With the robot. The one Batman. at the very beginning with the three kids. Yeah, the one that was like... Oh, the oh right, yeah. With the three Stories. kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, ex- yeah, and you know, especially since they didn't do a dig on Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on back to Star Wars, it's another Star Wars actually has another piece of bridge media that some of you might remember. Mm-hmm. Shadows of the Empire, which was, if I remember correctly, originally re- released as a book before, you know, in between the two movies. And a soundtrack. A video game, game. and. Uh... The video game came much later. <laughs> was it? Did it? Yeah. Uh, the book was released in between the two movies, I believe. No, the mo- the book came uh, out in ninety something. Are you yeah, sure? I, yeah, I, very sure. Okay. The only books that were out the same time as the movies was Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the three Han Solos, and the three Lando books, as far as I know, and the Wookiee storybook. And what about what about the Life Day book? The what? That was a joke. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, the Star Wars holiday special, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everybody celebrates Life Day. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Why can't we just have a holiday for the dark side? There's a holiday for the dark side? Yeah, it's sort of like Passover because it's all about <laughs> killing babies or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's the Anakin killed the younglings. 
<laughs> he killed the younglings. Who says younglings? Oh. I watched the hologram. You're breaking my heart. Natalie Portman, actually a very good actress. The only time she is ever good is when she's moaning in lesbian scenes. Other than that, <laughs> she sucks. Jeez, Louise. That's one thing about the specifically Attack of the Clones. That's one, I had to fast every time I watch that movie. I have to fast forward that, through that crappy love scene of theirs. On, on your everything's that soft and smooth. Oh God, that is the movie I hate the most. Attack of the Clowns. <laughs> that's the worst movie of the six. Uh, yeah, the Phantom premise, Attack of the Clowns, and Revenge of the Shit. In the Rift Tracks uh, co- commentary for that, they actually do say, hey, during the crawl, they go, hey, they misspelled shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I call the movies. It's, you know, Phantom Premise, Attack of the Clowns, Revenge of the Shit. And by the way, if you have a chance to look up the recut of the Phantom Premise, Balance of the Force, it's amazing what some simple recutting can do in turning... Jar Jar's language into a subtitled alien language can do to repair the movie. <laughs> Gotta watch that sometime. It's it's actually amazing what they did to repair the movie doing that. It's it, it's it's shocking. In the you know ep- they did the same thing with episode two. Shocking. The, these guys who did these re edits, amazing work. Which is actually funny because the original cut of A New Hope. George Lucas saw it, and he, he thought that that was going to make the movie fail, and he actually recut it to what was known as the cut today. And ironically, a bunch of fans recut the prequels and made them into something far more tolerable. Mm-hmm. Some would call that poetic justice. Uh, I just say that uh, you know, the relation between George Lucas and Star Wars is just bad. I mean... There's need to there's need to be a restraining order. <laughs> well, because he's raping it. Oh, way beyond that. like I I know Lucas has said he won't do this, and that's fine. Somebody just needs to make seven, eight, and nine. Let it be done, and let the damn thing die. And George needs to go direct some other movie because if you look at his entire filmography as a director. The only thing he has is American Graffiti, THX, and fucking Star Wars. As much as I love the original movies and I kind of like parts of the prequels, you know, I'm just, I'm so, I'm just so ready to just drop being a Star Wars fan altogether. I can understand that. I I never never really considered myself a fan because I saw the first Star Wars movie in, in 1997, and I'm 28 right now. So that tells you right now that if Star Wars was not a big part of my life. To put in perspective, the movie I saw like 12 times before I saw Star Wars, and that's a, gen- that's a very low estimate because I probably saw it about 20 times, was Spaceballs. <laughs> I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. And by the way, uh, Seth MacFarlane, in the off chance you're listening, that's the way you do a Star Wars parody because you do it in a way that it can hold up on its own. You don't transcribe that goddamn thing. So suck it. Yeah. Because transcription is not comedy. Transcription is transcription. Transcription technically could be copyright infringement, and he could get sued for that. But anyway. It's all owned by Fox. What are they going to do, sue themselves? That would be a good in-joke for Spaceballs the sequel. Yeah, it'd be better than that crappy animated series they did. Yeah. Have you seen those? 
Oh, I try not to think about it. <laughs> okay. Talk about bad animation. God damn it. Hmm. But like I said, it's uh, Spaceballs. I never really, you know, I saw it before I ever saw Star Wars, and I thought it held up great by itself because it told a story without Star Wars. Really needed there, you know, it had Star Wars elements. I didn't know what those were. I just knew that they were elements of the story. Well, the Family Guy Star Wars jokes, you know, parodies are pretty much transcribing Star Wars for you. Condensed, yes, but they're telling you the damn story again. And by the way, Mel Mel Brooks got a good performance out of a bad actor, Bill Pullman. Well, he would not go quietly into the night, Neil. (laughs) I wish he would. As long as Family Guy never gets a hold of Tron, I'll be happy. They already did Tron jokes. Oh, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> okay. They actually did one where, where Calvin Clyde had uh, Peter singing, well, who was the name of the bad guy in Tron? So, too late, oh, Mike. Too late. I know I've seen Peter Griffin in the Tron outfit. Yeah, he'd done that too. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, you, that's, Mike, you will, you'll like the Faux the, the 20 episode we did last week because the last 30 minutes was us bashing Family Guy nonstop. Well, I'll have to listen to that here soon. <laughs> if I didn't have to record my own stuff, I'd have to. I'll probably listen to that sometime tomorrow. Mike, Mike you're welcome on any episode you want to be on in the future. I, I just want to say that right now because it. it I could, wish I could have been on the fucking Spider-Man episode. I wish I had known about it because I would have defended. That was episode that. two of a series. I, I that was back when I was still putting it on YouTube because yeah. I I was going to put in samples of the show in later, but I realized this was better as a podcast than trying to do a YouTube show. Yeah, you. You have to like really, really work at YouTube show audio podcast. That's nothing. Put a script together, have some hosts, and that's it. Oh, not even put a script together. I like I like the live radio thing. Right, but when I'm like scripting, I mean, as far as like what you're gonna say for like your monologue or your intro or your outro or stuff like that. I'm not talking about the actual. Well, I like to have an Indian seven Audi. God, that's a bad joke. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now for some stranger, oh man! Well, oh. oh, it's uh, it's been a good show. And uh, <laughs> Neil, did we have any other points to cover on this side by side? Well, uh, basically, we haven't talked about the new series. Oh, I mean, we have bashed it, but not really talked about the new series. I've tried to defend it. We talked about their new characters quite a bit. So we talked about one new character, but well, I and I mentioned the, the episode where Jar Jar Binks led the Ark Troopers to victory. <laughs> and the episode where uh, Dooku, Anakin, and uh, Obi-Wan were chained together in a buddy comedy reminiscent of the 80s. <laughs> what I find really intriguing is that, like, I, I, I'm i trying to, I, I've like, today in preparation for this, I tried to go back and watch some of the earlier 2008 episodes from season one. But really, like, when I'm watching TV, and specifically sometimes, which I hate to admit this, sometimes I do watch Cartoon Network, mainly at 6 a.m. when Looney Tunes is on. Uh, but they have Looney Tunes back on? At 6 a.m. on the weekends, yeah. Wow. They're, they're the edited versions, but... Oh, of course. no. That's only... Well, be- the, that. only the only reason why they're doing that is because the Looney Tunes show premieres next month. Um, but anyway, my point is, every now and then I'll catch an ad for The Clone Wars... And the ad that I caught recently was the one where Chewbacca was going to be in the episode. And I just, I don't know, it really, it, it, the ad specifically made me want to just seek it out and watch it. Why? Well, why? Why would you Why would you want something that just specifically does a crossover thing with Chewbacca just to, just to satisfy some innate urge to see Chewbacca again? Because I'm a basic fan and I like basic, I have basic needs, damn it. 
Oh god, when you talk like that, you sound a lot like Don when you talk like that. Oh. That's how Don talks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like, a, a lot of media that, like, out, I think outside of Transformers, a lot of my fandom is just, I'm more of a mainstream type of guy. I don't get super in-depth, like, like I said before, I, I've never read the Expanded Universe. I've played maybe four Star Wars games in my entire 31 years of life. You know, it's just, I know the movies and I know some of the cartoon series. Well, honestly, I, I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan either. You know, I really don't consider myself as a fan as much as I think that Empire is the best movie they did. But other than that, I'm not really a fanboy. I like the movies. Uh, I tried to play Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't like it. What? Oh, God. Why not? Why not? I mean, (laughs) the computer computer I had running it did it really jumpily. Oh, okay. okay. And so I sold it. I sold it on eBay. And then the the re, and the person I sold it to was upset that it didn't run on her computer either, and said I sold her a defective product. I finally she sent it back to me. I had to give a refund. I sold it to my friend Rob, and he had no problems with it. <laughs> well, that's just that's so so I, so. I have a lot of bitter feelings about that Knights of the Old Republic game. I love Bioware. I love you know I love Mass Effect, but I well. The problem I have is you do all these subquests in the first planet, and then the first planet's wiped out anyways when you leave it. So what were you trying to do helping all these people, like, cure a plague on the first planet when the planet's going to be destroyed? Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's getting back to me. But to me, Knights of the Republic is one of the best Star Wars stories I have uh, read. And I have seen some of the expanded universe, the movies, everything. And so yeah. so why, why do you cure a plague to just ease people suffering for three hours before they die? Because, because that kind of things happen. I mean, <laughs> and it makes right it a lot worse. Left. When I said Star Wars video games, I specifically meant Super Empire and Super Jedi. That's what I meant when I said <laughs> I've played Star Wars games. Yeah, I, I, like, the, I like the I like the uh, I like the Shadows of the Empire uh, N64 game personally. I like the first level so, of that. I'm the only one here who has uh, played Knights of the Republic. No, I, I played the first one. Right, like I said, I played as much as my computer could handle at the time, mm. and then I had an ordeal selling it. Well, yeah, I didn't get to play it when it was released first, too. I mean, and uh, and like I said, I I tried to sell it. I had a problem with the reseller, who's an idiot. To, to, to the buyer who was an idiot, they sent it back to me, and then I sold it to my friend Rob, who, by the way, was in an earlier episode, and he loved it. He never had a problem with it, and I got fifty bucks, so I was happy. Yeah, I could only play it on XP. I couldn't play it on any other Windows. Maybe that was a problem. No, I had XP then. Oh, and you still couldn't play it? Yeah, it's hello, you, you guys there? Uh, I'm, I'm here. here. Okay. Yeah, we had yeah. we had like the. The uh, the uh, background sound just sort of dropped off for a second. I, I, that was probably my channel because I, I muted it so I could open a can of uh, soda. Okay, he's opening up a can of whoop ass. Watch out, Mike. Hmm. But yeah, like hey, I said, Neil, that... Neil and I get along. It's ain't no can of whoop ass over here. Hmm. Well, I mean, without going into details of the blood, because this isn't the point of the episode. The thing that is good from. From media that treats Star Wars, at it isn't a set thing. It's not like you have to tell and everything back to the movies. 
I agree. And that, that's great the, universe that you can do a lot of things with, and you just got to play with it, explore the possibilities. And that's why the new series frustrates me so much, because they're just going off the beaten path without trying something new. But see, that no, that, that's what I like about the new series, is that they're not sticking... Like, I look at the 2008 The Clone Wars as a completely independent series from the rest of the canon. Yes, it is still Star Wars. It still has Star Wars characters, but they're going in a completely different direction, and that's what I like about it. They're not playing slave labor to George fucking Lucas. Mm. But they are. They yeah? are? Well... Well, in the end, in the end, they, George Lucas is still the slave master, still still controlling elements of it. Yeah, I, I, we're talking about a man. We're talking about a man that that exercised a level of control on his materials. That you really think he's not putting a hand in it, Mike? Touching in all the wrong places. Un- <laughs> that would be unprecedented if he, if he actually like gave them some freedom. Yeah. Right, here, hold hold on. I I've. Pulled up the full cast and crew on IMDb. Let's see. So you think he he has no influence because because his name isn't on there implicitly. Okay, specific. well he's well, got he's, right, he's got like a that. writing credit. He he. Okay, does okay, thank you. Writing for... credit. I I can see that, but he has no he has no directorial credit. He he, oh. he he only signs the paychecks and tells them what to do. So he has no control other than that. He has no control other than the fact that he pays them and he tells them what to do. So, so you know, other than that, Mike's completely right. He has no control. <laughs> Except he has a whole other story crew and writers doing the scripting and everything instead of writing the scripts himself. Yeah, but like I said, you know, other than, you know, walking in saying, hey, I really like this. And by the way, you know, you know, my hand's getting a little tired. I might not be able to sign these paychecks this week. It's, you know, it has no control at all. But my point is, it says on IMDb he's written 66 episodes. It also says he's an executive producer. However, the term executive producer is such a loose job in Hollywood, we don't know exactly how much control he has over this series. I can agree with you on that, if only because all the Marvel properties say A.V. Averitt, but I don't think he really walked in on a day of anything that Marvel Animated did in the 90s. (laughs) I can't wait till you guys get to Governator with Arnold and Stan Lee. Oh, God, the animation looks like ass. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Well, it, it is a Schwarzenegger project. What do you expect? Well, I think it, I think it just proves what I knew for years, that Stan Lee has no creative talent on his own. He, he's, like, he's like this thing that has to latch onto something else, like a symbiote. <laughs> like, like uh, it's a... Uh, he, uh, you know, it's, you know, if, if he's Steve Ditko or Jack Kirby or some stripper he stole Stripperella from, and he lost that lawsuit, by the way, wasn't around, he wouldn't have his own ideas. I mean, remember when he did the Stanley Presents cartoons where he ripped off Mantis? And he made a Mexican teenager instead of a black guy? Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Am I wrong? It's no, you're no, not. Wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. It's just it's really weird where Stan Lee shows up, like that that whole superhero reality bullshit show he had on Sci-Fi a while ago. Of course, of course, you know Sci-Fi. Let's not go there. Uh, what was the other CB. one? Um, you know, like the totally original series uh, with the the werewolf, the vampire, and the ghost that wasn't anywhere else before that, except the BBC. 
Oh, human. Yeah. Yeah, the one that they advertise as, a, as an original series. Yeah, let's not go there either. But I mean, no, seriously. I mean, it. it I mean, I know we're off topic here, but it's it, it's it's funny where Stanley shows up, like his his own reality show, trying to pick a brand new superhero. Blah blah blah. blah. He also I caught something. I don't I don't think it was Modern Marvels on on History Channel. I caught something on History Channel. Really really weird. Yeah, comic book special. I saw that one. No, 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 it's not, it's not an episode of Modern Marvels, it's not the comic book episode thing. No, not the comic book episode, there's actually a show called the, com- called Comic Books. That it, was... it had nothing to do with comic books, it had, it had to do with Stan sending these reporters out to find the weirdest people in the world. Yeah, uh, superhumans, something like that. Yeah, that's what it is, superhumans. Uh, oh my god. It's painful to watch. Yeah, it is. It's like watching Punk with well, Stanley. It... What's the funny thing is Stanley thinks he would be the perfect guy to play J. Jonas Jameson, and I'm thinking, oh my god, you Uh-oh. can't be more wrong. They they need to get J.K. back. J.K. was the perfect live-action J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh god, yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's uh, is there anything else we need to touch on Clone Wars, Neil? Other than anybody who can, try to get the series any way you can. You know, Volume One is just recently available again after the after the uh, Lucas stockade let it out for good behavior. <laughs> they, they took it out of the the vault. You know, they yeah, they took it out of the gulag. Yeah, they. It was it was next to the holiday special for a while. They they, they, they <laughs> unfroze it. They unfroze it from the carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> and next to the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Hey. And and the credibility of Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it's a, I know it's not exactly Star Wars related, but I just need to bring it up one more time. Shia LaBeouf only has a career because Steven wow. Spielberg continually says Shia LaBeouf is a young Tom Hanks. And I need to correct you. It's Shia LaBeouf is how his name is actually pronounced. But I rather I prefer to call him Shia LaBitch. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Shia LaBeouf as long as I've been alive. It's LaBeouf. Yeah, I've heard LaBeouf. I've heard LaBeouf. Pretty much consistently, except for you, Ben. (laughs) I've heard LaBeouf. You're wrong. Okay, I'm wrong. (laughs) But like I said, he only has a career because Steven Spielberg says he's a young Tom Hanks. This is an actual trending call with... Technically, the the young Tom Hanks would be Tom Hanks' own son, Colin Hanks. Or it could be his brother, who has a lot of voice acting credit. And just to prove Ben wrong again, both series, uh, both volumes of the micro series are available through Amazon. No, they're not. The yes, second they one are. is available through only resellers. I'm looking at it right now. Star resellers. Wars. No. Same conversation we had last week, Ben. <laughs> it's the same, right? But what I'm saying is, it's still. It's available. But it's not. It's from a reseller. It's not the original. Available from the yes, but it's still like it doesn't matter if it's original or not. You know, if it's I want to buy something that's factory sealed, not something that's from a guy. Mm-hmm. That's likely used, right? Yeah, available from these sellers. So, so something that's available from these sellers means it's something that can be bought, like on Half.com or eBay. It, it's from Amazon sellers. It's not from. It's not from the manufacturer, so I was right, Mike. 
It's still available though. It's I, it's available just okay, like th this is like arguing over buying a brand new <laughs> CD on Amazon that's like ninety eight dollars <laughs> or buying one that's used for like five eighty eight. As long as the thing is in good condition, you're gonna pay the lower price regardless. Hmm. Perfect example. Perfect example for me was when I searched out Batman Beyond nineteen ninety nine soundtrack and Batman Beyond Return of the Joker soundtrack. Both of those on Amazon at the time, new, were upwards of $50 a piece. Buying them used in like-new condition, nothing wrong with the actual CDs, they were like $10 a piece. So what would you rather pay? 50 bucks a piece for a DVD set? I would rather have the option of it being available both from the manufacturer and from resellers versus only having to buy it from resellers because then... The quality depends entirely on how the reseller thinks the quality is. You're, you're putting yourselves in someone else's hands on the quality. If you get something scratched up, then you have to wait a couple more weeks going through going through returns on Amazon and all that. And well, that's just I'm, that's just I'm a lot of. Had, I've never had an issue buying from Amazon. On I have. Stuff. Well, that's your, that's your own fault. <laughs> you've had issues <laughs> with eBay. You've had issues with Amazon. Maybe you just have issues, Ben. <laughs> in general, the point is moot. I mean, uh, what tells us that the, the the anime series aren't available by uh, direct from the retailer is that George Lucas doesn't see a need to keep this available. They don't care about the old ones. They just want to push the new ones. Exactly. There's a finite love. There's a finite number of of copies floating around. Like I'm looking at. There's only you know 14 new, 33 used. Too collectible. So overall, you have less than 50 in circulation. So you're saying that less than 50 in circulation means, oh, anybody can get it. Well, what about the 51st person? Now we're really digressing. I, I mean, yeah. really? Who's, who's really going to buy the 2003 series, honestly? I know a lot of people that would. Isaku, would you buy the 2003 series? I don't have them. If I could find them over here, yeah, I would. Neil? I have them, Sean. Yep, I have them too. So, so Mike, we have we have three people who either would want to buy them, or already have bought them. That you said that they wouldn't want to buy them. So, well, yeah. okay, other people than us, you know. Well, really, let's see. Here, it's 114 asking. customers, uh, four and a half stars. They 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 didn't buy it either, Mike. Well, probably when it was first released, but what I'm saying is now, going back to your point of they want to you know, push the new series more than the old series. So let's say I want to buy a 20-year-old movie. They shouldn't put 20-year-old movies out because nobody would want to buy old movies? Well, it's, it, it depends. It depends if it's, if it's getting a, a re-release like Tron Classic did. I really, think that, I really think that it was available on DVD and then it wasn't in a period right before the new, mo the new movie came out. That's that's the stuff that's in evidence, Mike. That's the stuff that needs to be brought out and talked about. Right. Well, I, th that's fine. Five. It was on DVD, then it wasn't, and now it is again because I know because I bought both of them from Amazon or not from Amazon from uh, iTunes. And that's the thing. I mean, it's not just about physical media anymore. I wouldn't mind buying them. Uh, I don't know if they're available uh, for digital in the digital format. Uh, the second volume, definitely not. Let me check. I just looked at iTunes. The only clone. I don't have. I don't have that virus on my computer. Well, that's not a virus. Thank you very much. Then why does it act <laughs> like one? 
Because you have a shitty computer, maybe. Oh, it's only a four. It's only a four core with four gigs of RAM. It's yeah, that's really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then get you know, start that topic. Um, but my point is, the only Clone Wars stuff in iTunes is the current series, and there's a couple of Robot Chicken specials. Okay, but like I said, I really think that I really think that to be. I think that there was a level of douchebaggery in removing it right before the movie came out that we that needs to be discussed and 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 that's fine you know it's it's well I mean when is George Lucas not a douchebag like I pointed out before he constantly goes back to the same old series he hasn't done anything different in his entire career okay well not just Seth go ahead I mean uh, we're saying that yes that's just sad I mean he created this great universe, and what else does he have to say for himself? Nothing. And that's sad, isn't it? Well, yes. he has he has a large collection of flannel shirts. <laughs> well, he has Lucasfilm, Skywalker Sound, ILM, all that stuff is Lucas. THX, Skywalker Sound. Yeah. Okay, and that's fine, but those are his like production companies. I'm talking about his body of directorial work. He has THX, he has American Graffiti, he has Star Wars. That's it. Willow, he didn't direct. Okay, that. well, one other one. I mean, you know, he had a, he had a hand in 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 uh, bringing back Indiana Jones. In fact, if you watch right, the extras then, on, right. if you watch <laughs> the extras. If you watch the extras on King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, in fact, Sean, Steven Spielberg says he kept on saying no to George until he finally said, "I give up," and I said yes. Right. No. 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 I, I get that. He's. But what I'm saying is stuff that he's like Steven Spielberg, uh, Indiana Jones, that's Spielberg's thing. George did collaborate with him on that. I'm talking about specifically stuff George Lucas has directed, specifically stuff that he's had full control over. It's his own stuff that he hasn't done anything new at all in the past 25 years. Mm, yeah. Well, he's kind of gone more into just the technical aspects of it. That's more his legacy than the actual directorial stuff. He has no, I, I don't think he has any. And that's, that's the one thing you could really tell in the, in the later two of the prequels is this just amount of the sterility there, because there was, there was like only like two scenes shot with real sets. Everything else was shot with giant green screen. It was just amazing. bad. <laughs> In fact, uh, even McGregor was uh, was quoted saying that it was a nightmare, because he had to larp. Imagine he had to act yeah, to, towards air and wait for air to respond so he can react to air. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably. I think he has like a stage. Like he's used to stage acting opposite something. There's other actors who love it because they say it's acting at its purest, where you have to actually totally immerse yourself and imagine. You know, like Our House or whatever, that play where, you know, ladders for the second floor and just very minimalist. It's acting at its core. So what you could argue the green screen work is instead of needing the outside uh, input. I really think sets help. Just a bit. They do I help, yeah. I can't but, imagine what that must be like. It, it's got to be like you and, you and McGregor on the set and George is like, okay, talk to that tennis ball. And Ewan's like... Which one? <laughs> Everything's a tennis ball. Yeah, it's something was definitely lost in the decades between the two trilogies. Yep. 
And I personally always have a problem with Yoda using a lightsaber in fighting because I thought Yoda was supposed to be a sage, not a warrior. So. But see, I don't have an issue with that because, you know, the whole point of, of the original trilogy was they kept telling stories of the Clone Wars and of the... They the, never did well, tell the story. They just said Clone Wars once. Right, exactly. My father never fought the Clone Wars. He was a spice pilot. What I'm saying is, is that, well... Space pilot, space battle, no, no, whatever. Spice freighter pilot. He, no, I'm, not, I'm talking about Anakin. Not, I'm talking about Luke. Yeah, that basically was basically in A New Hope when Ben says, "I knew your father." Blah blah blah. He was a magnificent space pilot. Blah 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 blah. And Ben tells this whole story of what Anakin was, and you know that he wanted Luke to have his lightsaber. So I'm happy that Lucas went back. And told the story of what the fuck happened in the Clone Wars because we've been wondering for the past thirty years since the original trilogy came out. Granted, but sometimes, sometimes it's better to let your imagination do, put in the fill in the blanks be, instead of telling you what the blanks are being filled with. Because, like I said, with Wolverine, people fans since Wolverine first came about try to come up with what his backstory was, and then they released Wolverine Origins, the comic book, with you know with the with Dog Logan and all that bullshit. And people hated it, and then they did the same thing with the movie, and people hated that worse. I think my favorite thing involving Wolverine was an episode of X-Men the Animated Series. Or no, not the X-Men the Animated Series. Uh, the, the original X-Men movie, the uh, very first one. When uh, Gene the says... When, no, when, well, that, but no. That, when, when, when Gene says, he could very well be older than you, Professor. Yeah. Because of the healing power. No, what I, what I liked about the original X-Men movie was they hinted at a much more real-world mad science when they showed the original X-rays of Wolverine. They showed, like, real plates, like, being drilled into his bones in the yeah. X-rays versus this liquid adamantium shit that I personally didn't much care for. But that's mm. another story. Mm. Yes, back to a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Uh, I might as well I, just call this like the all-encompassing in, in, geek episode because holy crap, we've never really stayed on topic. We kind of did actually. This is a, one of our better episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and well, actually, I think I think we pretty much wore the topic down. I think we're we've hit we've passed an hour barely, and I I think we should stop before we hit the uh, eighty-minute mark, or else Neil will kill us. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh, let's eighty minutes, it. baby. It's so let's wrap this up before we have to get another two-parter. So, uh, Mike, it was great having you here. We would love to have you again. We might do what we might do a Spider-Man Redux episode if you're interested. Yeah, <laughs> I would have Spider-Man to... for six minutes long. Yeah. Oh, I think we should have him on for Transformers. Yeah, yeah, you guys better not even touch that. Oh, we love Transformers. I'm, I'm, I love Transformers. Yeah, I, I love Transformers except for half of season three and the rebirth. Uh, I love trans. I love Transformers, especially the episode with the, with the Golden Lake, <laughs> the Golden Lagoon, <laughs> and I also like the one where with King Arthur. Decept oh, God. oh God! Why do you like that episode? Because Why? they had Merlin summon summon lightning to re-energize the Autobots. It had Rumble with shit all over him. <laughs> Which one's Rumble? Which one's Frenzy? Rumble is purple. Frenzy is red. <laughs> or Rumble, or in the in the main camp, it's Rumble. All right, is blue, wrapping Frenzy up tonight. Is red. 
<laughs> well, I call him purple because in the cartoon he was friggin' purple. But everybody always says Rumble is blue and Frenzy is red. However, some people say the other way around. Rumble is red and Frenzy is blue. And the only reason why they say that is because the original Rumble G1 toy was red and the Frenzy one was blue. Hmm. All right, well, let's... Uh... Like I said, really happy to have you, Mike. I think you actually are a great guest. Thank you. And we would love to have you on again. And because just look at our schedule. If you see anything you like, let us know. Uh, Sean, it was great to have you too. Oh, thank you. And uh, next time I will be sure to let you talk a little bit more. We're sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. I think this is the other problem with five guests. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, Asaku. Great to have you. We made a lot of great points. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So this is the, yeah. This is this is Ben. It's uh, your host saying uh, good night, Neil. TV. Oh, now you screwed up my rhythm here. <laughs> Sorry. You you caught me off guard at the beginning. I had nothing funny to say. Uh, see you later, folks. Mike. Yeah, I'm TFG and Mike from the Geekcast Radio Network. Go over to geekcastradio.com and check out 50 million of our podcasts. Sean. Oh, is it Sean? <laughs> I thought we already uh, did all this. <laughs> um, I, to Sean, I guess check out my webcomic fusion. I'm a lot of plug. <laughs> All right, Isaku. Um, I'm Isaku. I'm a comic artist. I work in Hero Academy. Uh, that's www.heroacademycomic.com. And well, also I've been doing a cover and some. Well, we'll do some pages for Cover Kill. All right, then. So good night. Unite. Uh, who is Sean? Oh. I recognize Neil, of course. Dacian. Sean. Yeah. ETB. SAB. SAB, yeah. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I kept calling you EZB for the longest time. He's an EZB. <laughs> SAB, is that, like, is that like a spelling bee? Yeah, it's like my it's uh my initials actually just oh okay <laughs> oh. oh that makes S-A-B, sense a b sort of like a saku <laughs> yeah kind of I, I was trying to figure that out for the longest time it's like what's what? smarter than a talking horse an s a b liar